Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redman. And uh, we are back with episode three, which in its own way is a giant departure for the series. But we'll talk about that as we go. And it's a giant departure for the series that says potentially very exciting things. Like, irrespective of its quality as an episode, and we'll talk okay. about that. Okay. Because okay. <laughs> I'm not saying this is a good episode. I'm saying what it does and its willingness to do things, uh, do something different, is a very interesting direction that if the show does stuff with it, I am excited to see where it goes. Because I'm not well, going to pretend this is as good as the first two episodes. I'm okay. not blind. Okay. <laughs> I was just going to say. But, okay, but, but. I, I do think I know where you're going to go. Okay, good. But uh, I, I I may be wrong. All right. Well, so we'll get there. We'll we're get just there. going to go with it at this point. And see where it goes. Yeah. All and right. So uh, so first up, but before we get there, just FYI, if you've been listening to our Sunday episodes, uh, we had a lot to say about Saturday Night Live's opinion, uh, sorry, decision to put uh, Dave Chappelle and give him a mi- megaphone to defend anti-Semitism and Jon Stewart's decision to then defend Dave Chappelle. Uh, thereby effectively uh, defending Kanye. And I just want to point out that it is now, we're recording this on the Friday after Kanye went on uh, Alex Jones, basically to prove us right. (laughs) Like, I don't know, like, if, if Kanye had specifically been trying to prove us right, I don't know how more clearly he could have spoken. Yeah, we were right, Dave Chappelle and Jon Stewart were wrong. Or, Jon Stewart's wrong and Dave Chappelle's as bad as Kanye is. At this point, I don't even know what to expect. Uh, But the point is, yeah, Kanye's a full-on black Nazi anti-Semite. He's as bad as they come. He defended the Holocaust. He said he loved Hitler. Like, he's he's as bad as they get. And uh, the, the faster he gets in some kind of a conservatorship so he can get the mental health he needs... Fantastic, but the better the better it will be for the world. You know how I wouldn't listen to any Michael Jackson music until he was dead, and this is a true fact. Literally, the minute uh, I heard he died, I turned to my friend who I was I was a friend and I were working that day. We were writing something. We we're sitting in a room, and the news, and we got a phone call that Michael Jackson was dead. We're both like, well, I guess we can listen to Smooth Criminal again, and so that's what we did. Uh, because we were like, well, now that he's dead, the money goes to his kids, so I'm fine with it. Well, let uh, me put it this way. Yeah. Let me put it this way. I still can't listen to Michael Jackson. No, I get that. I get that. So, but I, I think Smooth even, Criminal, I, mean, I, I think Smooth Criminal's a banger, and I'm not ashamed to listen to it now that he's dead and his kids are getting the money. Well, uh, as I said, I, I never said that Michael Jackson was a less than brilliant no he's an incredibly brilliant musician. performer and writer yeah like writer and okay, he's, he's as good as they writing, come innovative etc yeah but I he's just listen. also a monster i know I and just I, can't. i'm not gonna blame you i don't understand why you can't listen a lot of and people feel that to, way and then one of my esl students had been listening to michael jackson and I just went, oh, no, how am I going to deal with this? Because he was listening to Bobby Jean. And I know, like, Billy Jean. Uh, Billy Jean. And so the thing is, right, and this is this is where I would separate it out from uh, Woody Allen, right? Kind of situation, right? Because 
we ain't going to be watching Woody Allen movies even after the man's dead. I can say that for certain about the two of us. But the, the difference I would put in is there is a fundamental worldview expressed in all of the art of Woody Allen that is central to the mind that committed the crimes he committed and the, how shall I put this, the societal conditions that allowed those crimes to go unexamined and unquestioned, okay? That is integral to the art he created. Yeah. Like, it, it is. And so that's why there's going to be no Woody Allen for us, even after the man's dead. But I don't think you can uh, listen to most of the music Michael Jackson had made and is like, oh, well, this is obviously music created by a monstrous abuser. I don't oh, think no. Smooth yeah. criminal, criminal has anything problematic about it. No, nor Thriller. Nor Thriller. Nor yeah, beat you know, it. I mean, you know? I can go back and the stuff that he did with his brothers, yeah, you know. like, no, the Jackson 5, you know, like, fundamentally, I understand why you're not. I'm just saying, as long as it's not making the man any money, I'm fine listening to it now. Yeah, no, as I said, I, but I always say that with all of these things. It's to a, I can give you my opinion. I can tell you why I'm not going to, oh, yeah. but I don't care. You're not going to judge us. Exactly. And no, but what we're trying to say here is. Call. Uh, it's a personal issue for me. And yeah. I understand that the wider issue is the sexual abuse of children that of is dramatic. 100%. In our society and accepted and the issues of fame and. and 100%. Like but. Yeah, understand no, that Michael Jackson himself was sexually abused when he was a child by one of his roadies. Yep. So, you know, is this wasn't inevitable, but given his father, maybe it was given, given what a monster uh, Joe you know, Jackson was. I was not surprised. No, of course not. Okay. The big problem is that people still did never want to believe it. Well, you know, he wasn't found guilty in court. Yeah, because <sighs> he's got lots of money and he buys people he off. Has all of the money in the world. And you're telling, yeah. Oh, you know, unlike all of uh, those other rich dudes who are going, you know how constantly rich dudes are going to jail for the crimes they commit? How that happens all, literally all the, time. all the time? Donald Trump, for example. You know, like the lifetime of criminality that Donald Trump did that he spent all that time in jail for? Oh, wait, oh, yeah. rich people never, ever go to jail because uh, jails are for poor people? Yes, thank you. You're paying attention now. All right. The point I was getting at is... Yes, and this let's is, go back this to is Kanye a long, West. Well, no, but yeah. The thing is, until <laughs> Kanye West is in a hospital somewhere or dead... If you listen to any of his music on an online service, you are yeah. funding anti-Semitism, period. Yeah, that's what no you're question. doing now. Yeah. Because yeah. as long as the money is going to him, you are funding anti-Semitism right now. So don't listen to Kanye West music. Don't buy his albums. If you already own the albums and it's on a CD or something... Sure, you can listen to the song, but anytime you do a play on YouTube or Spotify, it's a minuscule amount of money, but it's a minuscule amount of money that is going to support anti-Semitism. So it is currently morally unacceptable to stream or buy Kanye West's music. And this is our opinion <laughs> on is, it. Yeah, it's our opinion, but it's also a fact. All right. Uh <laughs> I'm sorry. I take you know that this is one of the things I take extremely seriously. Well, no, and I just can't believe. I mean, part of me just goes, Alex Jones. A Alex Jones. I know, Alex Jones. Alex I mean, Jones. So and here's a fun fact. I I love me the uh, Knowledge Fight podcast. Right. I know. 
I love the Knowledge Fight podcast, which is this podcast where literally a guy, these two stand-up comedians, well, one of them a failed stand-up comedian, the other one a stand-up comedian, uh, okay. one of them listens to every episode of the Alex Jones show, right? Every episode. And oh, then, I know, well, that's part of the theme of the show is our commiserating over this man's horrible life because he listens to every episode of Alex Jones. And then he explains what's going on with Alex Jones to his friend who's a stand-up comedian. And it's it's a brilliant podcast. They do like three of them a week because there's so much Alex Jones to get through. But the thing that's interesting is uh, I have been catching up. I started listening to this year and I'm like 400 episodes in of 800 episodes. And I haven't been jumping ahead and listening to the current ones. But now that Kanye West was on, I might for the first time ever have to jump ahead and listen to the current one to see how he processes it. But basically... What I found out about Alex Jones is, and this is why I'm sure it's going to be a fascinating episode, is that Alex Jones just spent his entire career essentially taking the protocols of the elders of Zion and just not saying the word Jew. And that's been his entire career for the past 25 years. Doing all of the same quote-unquote globalist conspiracies, but pretending he's not an anti-Semite because he never comes out and says the word Jew. He never blames the Jews he for it. Well, no, he always blames the Jews for it. He just never says the word Jew. Yeah. It, whenever he talks, I mean, he talks on and on about how George Soros is a puppet master destroying yes, the world. I know. I but know, he yes. never says the actual word. Well, no, but we've been ta- we've been talking about that before. Of course. I mean, guys, this is what I call, yeah. you know, the secularization. Yeah, they don't say Jews anymore. They just still blame them all. They blame, it turns out all of the people they hate and all the people they blame are Jewish. But they never say the words. You can't call them anti-Semites. And that's the game that Alex Jones has been playing for 20 years. And why the reason this week is so fascinating is he's got a guy on his show who won't stop saying the word Jew. So how is Alex Jones going to react to that? And that's what I'm fascinated to find out when I listen to their episode. So expect to hear more about that. All right. So that is like a piece of news oh, so fantastic. big exactly on a sunday we're not gonna put that but it it was news so big yesterday the same day that this episode airs we couldn't talk about it oh you also if there is just before we move on please to what we're here to talk about yeah um what it is going to be interesting is to see how john stewart reacts to this and how and how if someone can get dave Chappelle to open his mouth about this yeah, is he going to open his mouth about this? John Stewart's going to have to. Oh, absolutely, because he he's defended he defended it, you know, Kanye, and he's like, so he, we I, need to have well, a conversation. Do we, John? Yeah, but the next episode exactly. Expect to hear of us once John Stewart has, you know, done his mea culpa. Hopefully, hopefully, I expect to hear us on Sunday talking about that. Some upcoming Sunday, once I've listened to the episode of Knowledge Fight. And John Stewart has had has something to say. You might hear from us on a Sunday. All right. New, the new episode is Moose, which... Well, I will I will tell you yeah. that for the first... I swear to God, for the first time in Criminal Minds, I was surprised at the ending. I know. For the first time in my entire It's life. a good ending. Okay? That's the first thing. We will get there in terms of discussion, but I tell it's a you, long I road. And I went, wow, it is a long road, but it is a banger of an ending. Fifteen, wow, 
Yeah. Uh, yes, it got a little sloggy at times. Well, no, I think I, I'm without qualification. I might say this might be the single best ending an episode of Criminal Minds. Oh, ever that's had. what I was going to say. How often have I told the story about? Look, because we've been rewriting endings and rewriting endings and yeah. complaining about endings in Criminal Minds episodes forever. Yeah. And I said, because my line is, you know, you can forgive a lot. Yeah. And yes, and we will forgive a lot. But for a good ending. For a good ending. Yep. Because the good ending is what sticks with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm beginning to wonder whether people have been listening to my podcast. <laughs> no. But the point is, it's but anyway. it's a mediocre episode with a great ending. Yeah. And I mean, I don't hesitate saying that. It is a great ending. Like, wow. <laughs> you know, we'll get there. All right. So the reason I say that this episode is unique and completely different from anything they've ever tried to do is it's an episode without an ongoing murder and an unsub. And they have done that. In the entire history of the show, they've done that, like, twice. And one of them is one of our favorite episodes of all time. Uh, and that is the um, the one where they're working on a stalker, and it's kind of who cares. And the other half is Hotch and Reed going to talk to the guy in the uh, prison who's on death row. Yeah. And that is some of the best stuff they've ever done. Yeah. Right, and the other time they did it is the episode Saturday, which is a ton of fun, but it's not a great episode. Mm -hmm. And you could, you might be able to argue that there's no unsub in White Lightning either. No, no, but riding there is the an on Riding the Lightning. You're right. I guess we could call Riding the Lightning the third time they kind of did that, but it's so about investigating a crime. Yeah. Right. Uh, whereas this episode is barely about investigating crime at all. It's largely just about hanging out with the mastermind, whose name we now learn is Elias Voigt. Yes. Uh, we now have a name for him. His name is Elias Voigt, so we can call him that. Uh, but yeah, this episode is mostly just about hanging out with him and finding out what's going on in his life. Mm -hmm. But there was still a mystery at the center of Riding the Lightning, that made yeah. part of it feel like a traditional episode in a way that this does not have a mystery at the core of it. But you're right that you could you could add Riding the Lightning onto that list, absolutely. Yeah, because you've already got, you're not looking for an unsub. No, you're, you're not. Exactly. Mm -hmm. No, you're exactly You're looking right. for a child. Yeah, you're looking for a child. And again, if you haven't seen Riding the Lightning somehow, it is one of the best hours they ever did. I yeah. didn't think of that at the start. But if you listen to our conversations about it, the more I rewatch that episode, the more I impressed I am impressed by what they accomplished. Yes, and it's a it's a great episode. It really it, the is. first time I watched it, I cried. Yeah, no, and I get it. I completely get the reaction. All right, so okay, let's get into it. So this episode is like literally just about hanging out with Elias and trying to explain to us who is the person. Like, what is the life like of a person who would do this? Yes. And who would create this network and have other people doing the serial killing for him. And we get little glimpses. So he's got a wife. He's got a, you know, he's got daughters. the two daughters, right? Uh, one thing that is a little confusing is they act like... Uh, and I know this is this is going to be a weird thing for me to focus on, but I'm just going to focus on it here. I'm going to drop it again. Uh, because, and this is realistic, this part is realistic. They want to suggest that there are financial pressures 
that are causing him to decompensate and it's why his thing is going to start falling apart, right? Because financial pressures are often factor into what is going on with serial well, killers as much as anything else does. Okay, wait a minute, but you're ju- sort of jumping ahead because right at the beginning, you you don't know that. Well, no, because we do, because like the first thing that happens in the episode is talking with his daughters and the daughter is going to be getting into this school and he talks about how they were wiped out. The the getting fired from his job happens later. But first they talk about how he's lost, uh, right, how she's getting into this good school. And he mentions that, like, they were wiped out by the um, well, by the pandemic. Well, things come back the way they were. From the pandemic. Yeah, that's what? my point. This thing opens with him. Let, let, let's get this. I mean, this... That, even that is happens later. The initial structure is just he's playing basketball with his daughter. Yeah, with the younger and daughter. Persuading her, his younger daughter. And then the older daughter, who's been at went to a party and yeah. left, you know, and doesn't have her phone. Yeah. And it's because her sister has the phone. Yeah. And there was and vaping she was vaping at the, at the party. Yeah. Okay. And I'm I'm I, I'm sitting there, right? Vaping? I know. Is this a, a crime now? For a parent, if well, you kids- know, you don't want your kids to start smoking, but yeah, like oh, no. if they had had pot, I would be a little more concerned. You know, I mean, and it causes. I mean, I know vaping can cause lung damage. And oh, stuff. it's really bad. No one should this ever vape. Is what this is what you're going to get. And really then upset about 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 uh, her becoming a vegan or something, right? Yeah. Joke and about they, veganism they both is laugh, being bad. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, 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 it's blah, all blah. cute. Uh, it's, it's all, all very cute. And then he uh, gets left alone and, and he has to deal with. Yeah, no, no. But it's what you're remembering it, not what you've forgotten is they deal with the financial stuff right away because she said the payment for the uh, hydro didn't go through. And he tries to pay the fourteen hundred dollar hydro bill. Jesus Christ, where do they live? Yeah. Uh, and he can't pay it. Because yes. there's only four hundred dollars okay. left in the bank. Yeah, but we see that after the mother has gone to take the kids. That's true. To school. Yes, but I'm just okay. saying they're for they're forefronting financial stuff immediately. Yes, so he can't pay the the hydro bill. He can't pay the hydro bill for whatever reason. We don't exactly know. Well, and that's uh, something I'll get into in a minute. Uh, but then the neighbor shows up, the son of the neighbor, who's a friend of his daughter, who's bought selling magazines for like the cross country team. Or something like that. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and of course, he doesn't want to spend any money, but he gets guilted into it by his unbelievable dirtbag of a neighbor who, and this is where the show gets interesting, right? And this is why, this is the interesting part of the show. They want you to be on the side of the killer in wanting to kill his neighbor. <laughs> like, the show is explicitly framing this guy is so awful that we're hoping Elias will kill him. Uh, well, I'm not I'm not necessarily saying hoping. You're almost afraid is he going to send one of his one Dude, of his Well, no, and that's what the show wants guy? us to believe. That's or is he going to but he wants to do it in Well, no, he, later on. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah. yeah uh, but get, uh, no, I just I'm talking not about whether we got taken is, in by it, but I'm talking about how the show frames it. Yes. And the and framing friend, of the show is that the show is on his side. In, in this, this one, guy. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I find that super interesting. Well, this is the Because this is not a place the show has gone before. Never. Never. 
I mean, remember, I always talk about how much I hate um, the inspiration and the inspired because those shows see those episodes seem to be grossly on the killer's side without being open about it. Like I always talk about how in those two episodes, well, giving, it, giving us a reason for it. To well, no, be no. On well, no, um, well, yeah, but no, no, I, I'm saying like, how shall I put this? Uh, in those two episodes, it honestly seems like the show is enjoying what the killer is doing, but it's being subtle about it because it knows it's supposed to be ashamed of it. Because it knows that if we figured out that it was on this killer's side, we wouldn't approve of it. Which I don't. Those are disgusting episodes. But this episode, and this is why I find it so fascinating, it is choosing to put you... Choosing openly to frame things to get you on the killer's side. And it's like, and it is owning that. And that's what made it so interesting to me. Well, yeah, that is... Well, okay. It's because, yes, they're creating this guy. Um, or... I, I wouldn't say on the killer's side as such, but yes, you're got, you've got a little sympathy sort of for... The man, the neighbor is being presented as so loathsome yeah. that we, the character, we, the audience, will be happy to be rid of him. And it is like a conscious choice that the show is making to try and like give you the most like acceptable version of the killer's motivation, like to make us feel the frustration that he feels. And again, it's something the show has never really attempted before. Like, and I'm not saying this is on the level of Hannibal. Of course it's on the level of Hannibal, but you remember that scene in Hannibal when he's preparing, uh, uh, the, when he's preparing the list of people he's going to turn into his giant feast and he's going through and uh, we see him with the deeply unpleasant insurance adjuster, uh, like guy doing his insurance <laughs> medical, <laughs> his medical for his insurance. <laughs> right. And then he asks for the guy's uh, business card and it's playful. Right. It's I mean, it's that kind of thing of wanting you to get inside Hannibal's headspace, and that's what they're doing with Mr. Voigt here. And it's okay. something that we haven't seen from the show before, and it impresses me that they're aiming so much higher than they ever have before. I'm not saying it's as effective as Hannibal. I'm saying they're try they're swinging for the uh, fences here in a way that really interests me. <coughs> okay. Right. I'm, I'm just going to reserve judgment okay, on until they, Well, I mean, I'm not saying they're success. They're going to be successful, but we'll talk about the end of the episode when we get to the end of the episode. Meanwhile, stuff's going on back at Quantico. Who cares? That's not what we're interested in. <laughs> uh, well, no. it's interesting, though. They do make a crack. They do make a crack about with this guy, with, with their boss. Yeah. Right? The... the Act or the ex, the deputy director, the right? deputy director, they're having to deal with, and they're making well. How how long are we going to have to put up still with these guys? I Haven't know. they got rid of these guys yet? So it's an allusion to, of course, the Trump. Oh yeah, deal. absolutely, sure. Like the 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 scumbags they have to put up with who don't know about law enforcement and things like that. Uh, oh, yeah. and the episode, technically speaking, started with a quick chase. Um, they knew about 10 of the cases last time. And so they find someone with one of the cases. And, uh, when the cops hem him in, he shoots himself in the head yeah. and they try to warn the cops not to do that. But the cops hem him in anyway. And he shoots yeah. himself in the head. And I would be more critical of the cops 
if the team had demonstrated that they have some idea to keep how to keep this guy from killing himself. Yeah, but, but they I don't, don't know that they really had a plan for that because it's like, were they gonna let him shoot at them until he ran out of bullets and then hope he didn't just stab himself? Like <laughs> you're not showing you know, me that you have he a plan. Would, and it means that the team hasn't thought yet thought all of this through. No, not at that, all. That the two guys previously who have killed themselves. Okay. Yeah. One did it under duress. One did one... it under duress and the other one did it because he realized a lady didn't love him. Yeah, his la- his world wasn't going to be what he thought it was going to be, yeah. so therefore. Yeah, so therefore think... there was no reason to live anymore. Yeah. Okay, so the one was suicidal, the other one was suicidal. Well, no, but suicidal because he didn't want to, like, one didn't want to go to jail, one didn't want to live, realizing that this lady thought he was a monster. Yeah. But so, yeah, um, we okay, the, the real so... question becomes, like, and I guess they do address in this episode that he's specifically looking for people who were borderline suicidal, which I thought was a nice touch. But the thing is, the thing is, right? Is that this this guy? So they haven't thought it through to tell the cops not to hem him in isn't going to solve the problem. The guy is, yeah, as you say, he what what they were thinking he would try to shoot his way out of it. No, he's not going to. No, he will realize that he's been caught. He will kill himself. He opens a door. Yeah, whether the cops hem him in or not. Yeah, exactly. Like he will try to get away, and when you don't let him get away, he was always going to kill himself. Yeah, he was always going to kill himself. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's not, yeah, yeah. useful anyway. It's not real. Well, yeah. And that's actually something that comes up and it's like, what information would he have to give? I talked to somebody online. You already know that. (laughs) I talked to somebody online and I paid him some money and he gave me a serial killer starting kit. Like (laughs) under what circumstance, like how useful is that information? This dude has like massively isolated himself from all of the other people he's getting to kill. That's the whole point of this endeavor. You know? Yes. No, he's already figured this one out. Yeah. That so, part of it out. So uh, at the beginning of the episode, when I find out they've got 10 cases, I'm like, did they already catch 10 serial killers? No, nope. most of them were still buried. It's kind of disappointing, but it turns out most of them were still buried. Yeah. Uh, so I was a little sad about that because I thought it'd be hilarious if like they get caught and 10 people had killed themselves off camera. I th- I would have thought that would have been very funny. Uh, but no, that is not that is not what they intended that to mean. Yeah. Uh, but we do find something interesting, and which is, I mean, it's it's preposterous and it's silly, but we find something a little later in the episode about the cases that I just want to point out now. Yes, we noticed it, and yes, it's very dumb, but we'll get to it when we get to it. <laughs> Uh, for right now, we cut back to our hero, our anti-hero, Elias, who finds out that his daughter has gotten into this pricey school. Yeah. Uh, this very pricey school. And he discovers, and he's like, he's I don't know how we're going to afford this. Job. Well, no, he hasn't lost the job yet. Because he goes, when he finds out about the school, he asks his boss for more, for more work. So he hasn't actually oh, lost that's... his job yet. So this okay. is all still in the teaser. Right. He uh, he like he finds out it's going to cost a lot more money. And he mentions that they lost a bunch of money during the uh, like they you blew through all of their savings during uh, COVID. Right. And she's like, we'll figure it out somehow. And I just want to point out it's incredibly implausible that they could have burned through all their savings during COVID because he's literally an Internet security specialist. 
And those became more in demand during COVID because everyone was working from home. Guys who could run the security of working from home actually got more work during COVID. But let's just accept, you know, (laughs) let's just accept this as taken, right? Let's accept this as a given. He, for some reason, ran out of money during COVID and let's keep going. Maybe they have incredible debts already and whatever his wife's job, his wife couldn't work during COVID and so it ate through their debts, okay? And and let's face it, if you're going to, if you're running a $1,400 hydro bill every month. (laughs) The money goes fast. The money goes and fast. And I was going to say, uh, I was going to say it costs money to set up his serial killer frat. But then we find out that like, actually yeah. no other people were paying for the serial killer frat. So no, it doesn't actually cost money for that. Uh, but anyway, uh, the point is he, uh, I, I still want to find out that I still want the reveal that he's the one who did network security for, uh, for Penelope's company. Because that would be such a nice surprise. But no, that that probably isn't going to happen. That's not going to happen. It's probably not going to happen. But it would be such a nice surprise. <laughs> but no, I've, I've given up on that little uh, obsession. Anyway, okay. uh, the important part is he is um, financially very uh, frustrated. So he goes and he opens up his phone and he links into his carrier where we see that he did not kill Moose from last week. And we don't even know if he killed the girl but he definitely abducted Moose and he's yeah. kept Moose uh, locked in a cage and he's doing something to that dog because the minute he turns on some classical music, the dog freaks out and gets real angry. And yeah. it's it's a nice little scene. And I'm like, at that moment, I'm like, is he getting off his serial killer urges by torturing a dog? You are getting very bleak show in a way that I'm finding very interesting. But it's even bleaker than we realize. Yes. Bleaker than we thought. Okay. So we check in. Uh, when we come back from commercials. Well, I say commercials. There's no opening credits or commercials anymore. Uh, Penelope is working on... Pen- Penelope has figured out, you know, how the serial killers well, are talking to each other. Yeah, well, first of all, you have to understand that Penelope is not happy about being back. No, she does not like it. She doesn't like this milieu. She doesn't like having to look at the darkness. And she doesn't want to work in her office by herself. Yeah, because it's too awful. She needs to have people around her. Yeah. So she has set up an office literally in the middle of the bullpen. Yeah. uh, Basically in Reed's old desk. Yeah. Which is, again, a great character beat for her. Really like that choice. I think that's a really smart thing to do with the character. Yeah. So yeah, that, that impressed me too. Uh, but so they go through and she's like, uh, well, we find out, we find out how he was recruiting people, which I thought was a nice touch. What he's done is he's built a super secret, essentially 4chan where the worst of the worst people on the internet, all white men, cause duh, uh, show up to complain about how, you know, how oppressed they are by being with straight white men, you know, serial killer stuff. Yeah. Uh, right? And so it's such a great choice. And what he's done is he's surfed there and he's just been watching all of these. And again, this is a great move by the show because, spoiler alert, 4chan, the real life thing, has radicalized a bunch of mass murderers and serial killers in real life. Like, that's a thing that actually happens. 
And so the show is commenting on this real problem of these toxic insular male communities creating mass murderers yep. and writing it into the show, which, you know, chef's kiss, great show, great choice, Criminal Minds. And so what the killer has been doing is finding the worst of the worst, finding guys who are messed up, suicidal, full of hatred, and then reaching out to them. And he's reached out to like thousands of people, but in those thousands of people, he's found a handful that he can turn into like legit serial killers. And this is the key part, the way he was turned into a serial killer, because spoiler alert, we see his bio on the page and it's, it's a blink and you'll miss it moment. But if you read his bio on the page, he talks about how I wasn't born this way. His bio is, I wasn't born this way. Someone taught me how to like nurture the beast inside of me and turn, you know, and turn me into this. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So what, what you were thinking about last week, last week is yes, there was someone. Yeah. And we 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 assume it's the guy with the original container. And we get further confirmation of that later on. Yeah. Well, we kind like. There's well, a hint that Benjamin, that, yeah. Why can't they? Why can't they follow orders like I did? Yeah, exactly, right. And I mean, maybe Benjamin is the original guy, or maybe the original guy is dead. Who knows? Because he talks to two serial killers this week, and we only meet one of them. And well, we'll talk about how that turns out. <laughs> but Benjamin, the other one he talks to, we don't see yet. So there's a possibility that Benjamin might be the original guy, although. The, the Benjamin does seem to still be subservient to his things in a way that I think the yeah. original guy wouldn't be, so probably not. But we don't know yet. Uh, they do some hilarious backfill, though. Because uh, they because t- in this episode, they want the hook to be that they find out that the cases, right, that they can work backwards from the cases. Because apparently the idea is, and this is where the episode goes whole hog- Ultra dumb preposterous, right? (laughs) It really is. Yeah. Because we've been assuming that he finds a serial killer, uh, would-be serial killer, and he gives them a serial killer starting kit, right? And then they, and some tips, and then they go out and kill. But no, the show wants to establish that the guy who owned the original container came up with, like, like, the best ways to kill people. And then he made a bunch of crates, each one themed around a different way to kill people based on his experimentation in the trailer. And then he would find people who wanted to kill people that way and then bury a crate based on that method of killing people. No wonder he has got no money. No wonder he's broke. Like this would, I mean, the weird part is this could be kind of believable if you said that like after he, like he had identified the best ways of killing people and made specific crates to that. And then when he found uh, people who wanted to do it, he would send them that crate. Yeah. But the show is implying that he's like, well, I took a, I took a crate that was how you um, break into houses And I randomly just chose to bury it in Maryland. And then I searched the internet until I found out someone in Maryland who wanted to kill that way. And I hooked them up. So it's like, 
It's it's unbelievably dumb and preposterous. It really is. It's way too elaborate. It's Let's so there's down. so it's so far there are too many steps to this. Yeah. And as we know, the guy last week, it was just too much trouble. Well, I know, and the funny part about this is they actually have to backfill last week because the way they found the killer last week, right, is that he had used his own painkillers as and a paralytic. Yeah, well, no, not just his own home, but his own painkillers as a paralytic. That's yeah. how they figured out he had a back injury. And so this way they're like, oh, right, the, the bull killer last week used his own ba- uh, painkillers and a paralytic he got from this guy. To paralyze people. Because <laughs> they realized the solution they come up with in this week's episode is actually in direct conflict which ha- with how they solved the crime last week. <laughs> so they had to, like, pretend it all linked together. Oh, and by the way, here's a question. Okay. The entire theme of last week was that he was a bull killing... That he was killing other bulls, right? Yes. Why didn't he get called the Matador? <laughs> how did they miss that? <laughs> How did we miss that last week while talking about it? Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, well, I, I didn't, still didn't think of it, but the minute you say it, I'm going, Of course, oh, yeah. right? He should have been called that the Matador. The first one was Scary. Yes, and this one should be the Matador. This guy should have been the, yeah, no, the, the Voight is the. Yeah, Scarious. Voice is Scarious, yeah, but this guy should have been the Matador. Matador. Yeah. yeah, this guy should, yeah. that last guy should have been Matador. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but remember, I, I, Dave I, has said you can't give them nicknames. Yeah, but people keep calling this guy Sicarius anyway, so you know. Yeah, that's right. All right, anyway, except when Dave's around. Except when Dave's around. All right, so after they so they figure out, uh, and this is this is where it gets kind of hilarious, right? So they know there must be other serial killers out there, and they've already found, and so they say they found ten cases, and of all of the causes of death um, left in there. They uh-huh. haven't found uh they haven't found cases related to people being burned, people being killed with acid, and people yeah. being strangled. And I say, uh-uh-uh. Every single one of those cases we've seen has had a bunch of rope in it. So you can't tell me no, that, yeah. that there's like a specific strangulation case you haven't found. But let's let them get away with that one. We'll let them, be, but yeah, no, uh, that was one of those things that right away I noticed. Excuse me, all of those cases look almost identical. identical. They all, all the same I know, stuff in it. I know. But this week we see a unique case, and so, but you got to remember, okay, they didn't figure out what the cases were until they were filming episode three, and that's why all of the cases looked identical until now. Okay. Only in episode three did they figure out what the cases were going to be. So we're just gonna. Yes, it's a mistake. Yes, they're wrong. We're just going to let them have this and move on, okay? <laughs> Boy, I told to tell you they're getting a lot out of this last episode. You are right. I mean, the you are episode. Yeah. Oh, they are. They are. We they're are giving them so much goodwill <laughs> out of the end of this episode. But that's how good the end of the episode is. But yeah, it is like if you have ever seen writers like carefully like bat this is the fastest I have ever seen writers backpedaling to try and make stuff retroactively make sense. Okay. But let's just we know what they're we know what they're doing, we know why it happened, so let's just accept it and go move forward, okay? We're gonna let them have it. And we're going to keep going. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right. So then we cut back to the ki- uh, the killer, M.M. 
uh, our mastermind, Elias Voigt, and his daughter is talking with the kid who was buying, selling magazine wow. subscriptions and being excited about uh, her going, getting to go. And she's like, you should apply. And then, uh, like, we get more scumbaggery from the dad. The guy's drunk now. The he's now, like, he's just drunk driving because he's sitting on his truck, just drunk in public. Yeah. Again, this is what I mean when I say they want us to be fine with this guy getting killed. Yeah, but my line is, how can he be a neighbor of this guy? I know, right? I mean, like, like he looks like he is trailer park trash. I know, but apparently he lives, like, just down the street. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm doing... How? Okay, how did that happen? How he did... married up? <laughs> Maybe. But anyway, uh, like, this guy is such a cliche that he calls the <laughs> MM a beta cock. Oh, I know, I know, I know. He won the lottery. That's he it. He won the lottery. He won the lotteries and he got to move into this. And then we get a legit stupid scene, a stupid line where he says, she only got in because they need diversity at these schools. You think they're going to let in my boy who's a, a straight white kid? I'm like, okay, that line would make sense if Elias's wife was anything but white and their kids were mixed race. <laughs> Yeah. But she's not. She's just a middle-class white girl. Yeah. So I don't know why he's talking about diversity suddenly. Well, no. The reason he's talking about diversity suddenly is because they want this to be a caricature of everything that's wrong with America. Yeah, I know. Like, every, but every guy who listens they're to Alex trying. Jones. They're trying. They're Come doing on. their best. And they're trying to and cram it all into one guy. The daughter gives a really good come back yeah she does like, i was really i was very happy that. with that yes yes they're getting a lot of pluses for some of the really good things they've done oh no they do that they episode. do but yeah you understand why elias is even more pissed at this guy like yeah. you you totally get where he's coming from you totally they earn how pissed he is at this guy <laughs> oh do they ever earn how pissed he is at this guy yeah yeah you, yeah yeah I, all right uh, so yeah, he's unbelievably frustrated. And so he goes and he, so he needs money. He's pissed at this guy. So he contacts, uh, and he's got like 12 messages from this guy named Ben, who's like, uh, when do I get to go? Like, I understand. He yeah. says, when do, when do I, I get to go, go again? again? Right. And so, and he, and he points out that I know that the guy who killed himself in, Baltimore or wherever the last one was uh right is one of ours and so I know there's pressure on it so what's going on with that and Elias is like I'm shutting things down don't worry it's handled uh so we got that aspect to it so this guy is and this guy says we bankrolled this so yes. I deserve to know and and Elias says a get me my money and b there's someone in the chamber ahead of you so someone gets to go first, but if you get me my money, you get to go. And so the guy's like, I'll think about it. No, no, here's here's the thing. No, no, you're, you're, you're getting it a little bit wrong there. No. He, because he had phoned this guy. Yeah. The guy wants to go ahead. The guy, And so Elias says, okay, I need $20,000. Yes. And okay. the guy says, I'll and, think and about it. the guy says, um, I'll think about it. And, you know, and Elias says, I'll put you, I'll move you up if you give me another $20,000. Exactly. Now, but he says you can't go to the top. Yeah, because another guy is first. That's what I'm saying. First. Yeah. 
Someone okay. else is in the, you know, in the barrel ahead of you. Yeah, but that wasn't clear with what you were talking about. Okay. Yeah, but no, somebody else has priority. Yeah, somebody else still has, because there's a problem that Elias has to deal with. Yeah. That was... We know, but that's what I was saying about he's, uh, the problem he has to deal with is frigging covering up the fact that people now know about the conspiracy. Like, that's the yeah. problem he's dealing with. And so he has to be way more careful. And somebody else has, uh, somebody else ha gets to go first. But of course, and this is the interesting question. Uh, and this is a very interesting thing about the end of the episode that we're going to talk about. Okay. Uh, but we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> because they, uh, they, the team is looking for somebody, right? They're looking for somebody and they figure out, so they're looking for an acid guy or a fire guy. And they find a fire guy, right? They find, cause like, how could you find a strangulation guy? That's a com way too common a way to kill people. So they're looking for an acid guy or a fire guy and they find a guy who can't stop talking about the sound of burning bodies and what it was like to watch bo uh, burning bodies and like, uh, calling in hits for um, the customer. And Joe says, okay, well, he's special forces. He's yeah. special forces and got PTSD because the customer is what special forces operators call the Department of Defense or the, yeah, the CIA, drone. whoever it is. Guy. Yeah, whoever it is who's calling in the, the drone strikes. Yeah. And by the way, uh, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. So, but the problem is uh, the DOD has made a better security system. So... Based on Penelope based can't on just hack in, can't just hack in the way she used to. But on the upside, <laughs> it is based on the uh, tips they gave her. So at least they're listening, <laughs> which no, I thought was a nice that. line. Yeah, she went through their 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 security their security system and told them how to fix some of the holes. Yeah, in I it. thought that was a nice they line. Did. I thought that was a really nice line. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a nice. Yeah, it was yeah. a nice touch because all of a sudden, yeah, she can't. Well, she Penelope. can't just break in whenever she wants the way she used to. Yeah. So very nice little, it was a cute little scene. I like that a lot. All right. Uh, so this is the important part though. Uh, Tara's girlfriend, who we saw a scene of her earlier hinting she would very much like to move in. And yeah. Tara is not cool with that. You and I know because she's got corpses in the basement, but the show says just because she's bad at relationships. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, so Tara's a little iffy about her girlfriend moving in, and the girlfriend wants to move in. And again, uh, they're given the actors, all of the performers, chances to put in great character moments because uh, we have this great scene where Tara's like, Ugh, you can see on her face she does not want to call her girlfriend and ask for the favor because she knows if she calls her girlfriend and asks for the favor, this is going to be another point in the column that the girlfriend gets to move in with her. And Tara and friggin' Aisha Tyler gets all of that across with a look and a sigh and the way she turns away from the rest of the team before making the call. Because Aisha Tyler's great at her friggin' job. Well, she she always was. She always was. Yeah, she, she just never had anything to play before. Again, yes. the way they are giving these actors stuff to do on the show that they've never, that they almost never had a chance to play before. I mean, like, yeah. literally... Joe got to do, uh, got to play stuff like this three times in the entire run of the show. Thomas Gibson got to play stuff like this three times in the entire run of the show. Matt Goobler got to play it a bunch because that's, but that's because he was playing Spencer Reed. Yeah. A unique character in his own way. Yeah. And the one that the fans craved. It's the one the fans craved oh. and it's the one they did the most of this stuff with. 
so yeah. But it's like, uh, Luke never got a chance to play this. Well, he kind of did, and it wasn't very good. But we're not going to talk about that garbage episode. No, we've already like, talked about it. You know, the one like, with Matt and Luke. But yeah, like the um, like remember the time, like Earth when Earth. they, like the when they had Aisha's brother getting kidnapped. Oh, like totally. that should have been the time to do that with her, but it was so ham-fistedly written, we got nothing out of it. Yeah. You so, know? So let's get go. back to this episode. Yeah, but I'm just saying that's like that's a one, it's not even a whole scene. It's a part of a scene, and they still manage to yeah, massively no, impress it, me with it because the char- they're they're doing the character work. And and you can see that JJ is a much stronger person. Yep. Oh, absolutely. From her years away, three years away. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, everybody is. More decisive, but she's still okay. Yeah. No, very, very happy. Well Even with, with these little character moments, they're doing a great yeah. job. That's all. They're I'm, doing a great job. They're doing a great job. I'm very impressed. All right. So uh, now we get something super interesting. So they're, they're looking for this guy and they need, they've called in a favor to try and figure out who this guy is. And meanwhile, we see the guy in question who they're currently looking for has left, you know, dozens of messages for, uh, for, uh, for Elias saying, when do I get to go? When do I get to go? I sent you the 20,000. When do I get to go? And Elias, like, it's on. You have your target. Go do it. And this is when we're supposed to think, is he sending this guy to kill his neighbor? <laughs> yes. That's exactly what you think. Oh, that's exactly what you're supposed to think. And the show has done a great job of it. And so we see the case. And finally, we see a unique case, which is a giant remote-controlled firebomb. Yeah. Ooh, that's intriguing. It's a giant remote-controlled fire. Okay, was not expecting that. That's pretty damn cool. All right. And so cut back to the t- uh, the net. Oh, and we get a moment from Elias before he makes this call. Which is, he's obviously very upset. His wife can see it. He doesn't want to have sex. He's frustrated about the money stuff. It's all connected. Like, everything in his life's going wrong. But he can't talk to his wife about it. Because it all has to do with the fact that his he's gotten fired from his job. And his serial killer conspiracy isn't going well. Yes, it's, it's, um, so, why can't these guys just do what freaking listen, listen. And obey, obey? And do what they're supposed to do, like I did. Yep. Which is, I mean, literally gets sent at the end of the episode. That's what he says. Yeah, to the show's credit, but we'll get there. Uh, so the next morning, he runs off and he tells his wife he's got a job to go and do. We know he doesn't because he's just been laid off. But we see that he's flying to Washington, D.C.? What? That's a big twist. Well, you know, the team doesn't have its jet anymore, so. Yeah, so yeah, they got to move the action to them, I guess. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah, this, is, cool. this is where things get real, real interesting. Yeah. All right. So the team has identified their unsub. He is a man who used to work for the government, right? He used to work for the government uh, spotting airstrikes. And fun fact about um, drones, right? Uh, mm-hmm. They can fly over and they can drop bombs. But if you want them to be super accurate, and I, this might have come up on the show before. Oh, no, I guess it didn't because that was uh, just a remote control operator. You yeah, can drop stuff if you want to be super accurate and you want to get the exact person you want to kill. And this is the unpleasant part. You literally have to have someone on the ground pointing a laser at the thing you want to blow up. If you do that, 
you will hit the thing you want to hit. But the cost of that is you actually have to have a person in the field half a kilometer away or a kilometer away pointing the laser, which is an incredibly high stress, dangerous job because you're behind enemy lines. Yeah. So that's what this guy used to do. And so they talk about how people who do this job sometimes, you know, get severe PTSD because of the danger involved, or they start to doubt, you know, the the sanity or the value of the job they used to have. Or the, the, the morality. Moral- yeah. The morality. Because that's what in unbelievably bad killer app episode killer app, that is yeah, what the guy had done. Yeah. yeah. It's a terrible episode, but it was talking about a real thing. Yeah. Just the steps they took to get there. The idea that a contractor is sending you a list of all the children you murdered <laughs> was unbelievably preposterous. But the central idea that you end up having a problem with the morality of what you're doing, that is that feels 100% yeah. accurate, right? And therefore, PTSD, and Dave is the first one to, to say, say PTSD. yeah, PTSD, it's understandable. And that makes people... What? Say yeah. what? <laughs> and... They point out that since this guy is looking for people who are suicidal or borderline suicidal already, a PTSD person is the perfect person to chase down to bring into the cult. So, yeah, like this guy fits their profile in 15 different ways. Now, uh, the idea that there was only a single possible guy with PTSD who used to do this job is a bit of a stretch. But you know what? Let's just give the show that for now, okay? Gotta give them that, too. <laughs> We're gonna give them that as well. That they managed to, within one hour, find the single guy who fits their profile is absolutely friggin' preposterous. Without being able, but they did have to use the girlfriend. But even still, the amount of people who used to be special forces operators who are now pissed off and ready to blow things up and suicidal, that ain't a small list. They've joined Trump Nation. That's what I'm saying. Like, have you heard of the Oath Keepers? They all fit this profile. Yeah, I was just going to say, But anyway, this guy is extra fits the profile. This guy extra fits the profile because he also posted, and this is, I think, the big thing. He was on their watch list already because he has been posting pictures of, like, uh, bombing victims online. Right. Of like victims of bombings online. And so they're like, okay, this is, this is extra bad. And I totally get that, that, that 100% makes sense. Okay. There you go. Uh, So they're, they've got this one guy and they've got to track him down and they've already got his cell phone and he's in downtown DC right now so that they got to respond quickly. So they go to their boss uh, to tell him what's going on. And he's like, I've ordered a counterterrorism takedown. And they're like, no, we've got to handle it our way uh, because we need to take this guy alive in order to get a lead on the mastermind. To which I say, again, all he did was send $20,000 to an untraceable bank account and pick up an untraceable case. I don't know why you think having him alive is going to be this big font of information. (laughs) But they're still acting like it's going to be a big font of information. Um, and here's something interesting. Why would they be disappointed? Uh, I know, right? Uh, but here's the interesting thing. The, the boss, they're like, the boss is definitely going to, they're like, the boss is definitely gonna, like, publicize the fact that the serial killer cult exists. And that's gonna ruin our chances of catching them, because they'll know we're onto them. And I'm like, they already know you're onto them. Remember last week when... (laughs) 
<laughs> Penelope set off all of the transponders at once? How on earth could they not know I you were on them? I figured out how, those, how they found those things when the transporters went off yeah. and this guy... Well, anyway. Well, no, he turned off all the transponders. No, yeah. but he turned off the transponders. But in this episode, we found out that instead of all of those transponders leading to a killer, they just led to the case that was still buried. That's how they found yeah. all of them. Meaning because yeah. they like, the minute the transponders ran went off, she wrote down all the GPS coordinates. So even though they got turned off, yeah, they still had, had all the map. GPS. Yeah, they still yeah, had a map. She had, no, she, and this is what I say. I mean, yeah. I know she had the map. Yeah. But... But, oh like, my. the killer knows that they're on to him because he turned them all off. And he also knows, the killer already knows that Already somebody... knew that someone had given up the transponder location. So he both knows that the FBI is on to him, and he knows that there's someone inside of his organization giving Who's information feeding? to the FBI. Yeah, feeding them information. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know why they th like, they think that going public with the cult is going to, like in any way impede their investigation. Like, everything that their boss is going to tell, the the villain already knows. So, yeah, that part bothers me All you're going to do is mess up the public. Yeah, all you're going to... Yeah, but even that, no, all you're going to do is, like, make the public know that this cult is out there, but that's not going to... So they're going to be more scared and they're going to be more <laughs> careful online. You know? Because <laughs> I'm tired. Uh, but it's, uh, I guess what you could accomplish, here's the only thing you could accomplish, you could screw up is, I guess, if they find out about the, well, no, I was going to say you could make people post less to the serial killer 4chan, or as I call it, 4chan, but you wouldn't even do that because the guys at 4chan who haven't been approached don't know that they're in the, the search ground for the cult. Like the guys who haven't been approached even, by the cult leader, even if you told them, they'd still that post. Stop them. They wouldn't stop them from posting. They're four chain scumbags. <laughs> so yeah, point. like th they act like his exposing things is going to ruin everything. I don't think it's going to ruin anything. I tend to agree with you. All right, but anyway, I I don't disagree with you on that. Like. Yeah. Do you not know who these people are? Of course you do. Well, obviously they don't. Yeah, I guess they don't. You're right. I guess <laughs> they don't. Because they I'm think just... this is going to be a big problem for them. And I'm like, it's just not. It's not. It's the, the, the mastermind already has figured it out. Yeah, he's figured it out. They've already screwed the, up. Yeah, the guys online who are going to serial kill have already been told, you know, to cut off contact. And the guys who aren't going to serial kill are just going to keep posting. Yeah, <laughs> in case they get picked. In case they get picked. Kill. You know? So there you go. <laughs> it's not going to help anything. All right. So anyway. Uh, so they surround the place and they watch the guy walk into a park. Right? Uh -huh. uh, planning to blow the place. I mean, presumably planning to blow the place up. And, uh, and they tell him, JJ and Luke tell him, if you approach him in your tactical gear, he's going to detonate early and he's in a park full of people. We should approach him, you know, surreptitiously in order to take him down without blowing anything up. Meanwhile, we see Mastermind following him in to the, uh, following him towards the park. Yeah. And I'm like, if they were like, I don't understand if they've got the team all over the place. And this is the part of the episode I didn't under plan, uh, uh, understand. 
right? If they've got the team all over the place and they've even got a sniper on him, I don't understand why the FBI's like uh, the the gung ho guys didn't take him down before he ever got to the park. Yeah, like they're, you're letting him get into a area. Like the minute he got near the park, he's surrounded by innocent civilians, and it's going to be harder to take him down. I don't know why they didn't already take him, and the show doesn't explain it at all. So that's it's a problem with the episode. Well, it's 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 so that we can have this this confrontation well, between yeah. the um the Department of Homeland Security guys and yeah. And by the way, it really should be Homeland. Like it shouldn't be two different wings of the FBI. This yeah. whole plot should be Homeland Security battling the FBI. That's what it should be. And I don't know why it isn't that. Mm-hmm. Well, here, yeah. I mean, this is because spoiler yes, alert. They had to give. They had to give Adam Rodriguez. They had to give Luke something to do this. Well, week. no, and that's fine. But it's like instead of it being a guy inside the FBI, no. right? Make it so Bailey, instead of being a guy inside the FBI, is a guy Trump put in at Homeland Security. Yeah. Who is using who? Because like Trump went to war with the FBI. So yes. make it so he's a guy that Trump put in charge of uh, Homeland Security and how and he's constantly trying to take responsibilities and money away from the FBI by c- saying everything that's going on in the FBI is actually domestic terrorism and that's Homeland Security's job. Like that would work so much better as a plot. It's yeah, like it, if the FBI is constantly being pushed aside in favor of Homeland Security because Trump hated the FBI. Yeah. Yeah, that would work. Like that would be that would be a better pay. I mean, that's what is implied. Like it's sort of an implication, almost that that's what's going on. Yeah. But they, they're they're fuzzing it up. They're fuzzing they're- it up when they yeah. should just be full on saying this is one of the guys that Trump put in to try and destroy the FBI. Yeah. And he put him in at Homeland Security with a mandate to take the FBI's resources away from it and steal it in any way he could justify. Boom. If you said that, everything about Bailey's character makes perfect sense. Everything. But for some reason, and so like we're doing the backfill. Because well, they're not, I, I, well there's, there's our a version. Amount, yeah, there's a limited uh, amount they can. Politics we want to go yeah. into. But I mean, our version of, I'm just saying, yeah. our version of Bailey's character makes way more sense than what they're presenting. In fact, you could totally believe that Trump would have put in a scumbag at uh, Homeland Security, uh, right? Whose job was to destroy the FBI however possible. And you can say, well, why wouldn't have Biden have fired him? Like, dude, the the guy who's trying to destroy the post office is still in charge of the post office. Biden's not doing anything. <laughs> About some of these guys. You can only do so much. Exactly. Like, you can't on day one fire every single person that Trump put in. You should have, but you can't because it's a complicated bureaucracy. Although, spoiler alert, if Trump gets back in 2024, he's just going to, on day one, fire every single person who works for the federal government and burn the country down. So, look forward to that, America. Look forward to this next civil war. But anyway, off that, Daniel, let's get back to it. All right, all right, let's get back to it. Uh, (laughs) All right, so they tackle him and they bring him in. And the... uh, and the mastermind is kind of uh, like, kind of like, looks a little frustrated and walks away. And he heads back, and he heads back home, right? Uh, and so that's it for him. 
And here's where things get interesting. And for whatever problems we had with the rest of this mediocre episode of television, wow, do they know the end, how to handle the end of it. Because he goes to his wife and she's like, how'd things go in Tulsa? And he's like, ah, these people don't know what they're doing like always or else why would they need me? Yeah. Right. And, uh, and then we cut back to our team. Who is getting ready to, uh, who is watching a press conference where Bailey is announcing that, you know, the serial cult, killer cult exists and the Department of, uh, sorry, the FBI's anti-terrorism task force should be the Department of Homeland Security, uh, is going to take care of it, blah, 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 blah. And the team is acting like it's very frustrating. And then we check in with Tara's, uh, girlfriend who, spoiler alert, has been, you know, is in trouble with demoted. her boss. At, well, yeah, demoted at the Department of Justice. Because she got illegal, like, secret information out of the Department of Justice. She is, it is completely right that she got demoted. But she proved that she cares about Tara, and Tara's finally willing to prove she cares about her, or at least pretend to, because she's a sociopath. Uh, And she invites her to move in, uh, which is going to be a bitch of a commute, because she's driving from Quantico into dc every day oh my god gonna have to start taking the commuter train yeah oh that would be a nightmare stop driving lady or you're gonna like you're gonna be spending three hours a day on that beltway oh yeah yeah we all remember the beltway oh all right Talk about yeah, it's uh, it's a little thing called the three nine, no, three ninety five or the four ninety five. the three ninety five or the four ninety five. Stay the hell away from it no, if you value the, your sanity. The beltway is the four because four it's, yeah, is. It's the four ninety five. You're right. The four ninety five. The ninety five comes down. The it's the four is what they use for the um the loop thing. The yeah. the 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 bypasses yeah. around the town. Yeah, because uh, the six ninety five is the Baltimore Beltway, and the four ninety five is the um, I think, is, you know, I'm pretty sure that I we yeah. can someone can check this for us. I'm pretty sure the 695 is the Baltimore Beltway and the 495 is the DC Beltway. But if we're wrong, feel free to correct us. We know yeah. it's all the 95 because there that's the thing. Ways. That's the thing <laughs> that comes down from Canada and goes straight to Florida. You know, yeah. uh, so we we all know the 95. The 95. Yeah. All right. Uh, but enough about roads. Here's where it gets good. So, uh, but they're moving in together. It's another well-written, well-acted scene because they're doing, like, they are full stop on the character stuff. Like, crushing yeah. it on the character stuff. Yeah, they are. They That's, really are. Like, uh, no hesitation. All right. Here's where it gets good. So they go and they talk to the guy. And before they come in to talk to the guy, they're like, yeah, he didn't have a bomb. There was residue of fire, like, firebomb-making materials in the in the canister in the backpack he had, but it was just full of dish soap. <laughs> and we're like, oh my god, he wasn't a killer. He was the guy who had infiltrated. And we the got cult. to it before before the team did. Before the team did, yeah. <laughs> he was the guy who infiltrated the cult, and he was her source. He was Penelope's source. Yep. And they just kept him from catching the mastermind. Yep. Because that's what he says. He says, you You just screwed this up. You just screwed all of this up. Well, what did we screw up? And by the way, you want to talk. You want to talk about them layering in stuff. Well, last week he was super pissed at going to um, uh, Penelope. Right? Yeah. Going to Penelope. 
for, yeah. uh, right? For going to the FBI. And I'm like, well, if you didn't want to go to the FBI, friggin' tell her not to go to the FBI. Yeah. But the reason is the FBI, uh, cause like what he want, and now we know that what he wanted her to do was turn on all of the, right? To turn on all of the, um, the, what do you call it? The transponders, because that would make the guy that, that panic, right? That would make yeah. the guy panic and have to shut everything down and more desperate for the money he could give him. Yes. And, but by taking the FBI, it made it likely he would be caught and screw up the plan. And I'm like, well, you should have told her to turn them on without going to the FBI if you wanted her to do that. This is partially on you, but suddenly yeah. everything that happens last week now makes perfect sense. Yeah. Like, and again, they're doing such a good job of layering in these plot details and paying them off. But yeah. we are left with one open question. And, and it is a problem with the episode. Because we're wondering, okay, well, I understand this guy's plan, but why would he think that Elias would come and watch the murder in person? The bombing in person? Or did he, like... Because he has to have thought that, because that would be his only chance to catch him. And I don't okay. know why he thinks that. Okay, because I think, okay, here's here here would be what I might think, is that this guy has actually left enough of a crumb. That, he fi so that Elias has figured it out. Has figured out who the mole is. That's what I... Okay, good. I'm glad we're on the same page about Okay, this. so yeah. So th this him, is Okay, I, good. So I think what happened was... that, And tell me if, if you're on the same page. I think what happened was this guy thinks that he had talked Elias into coming and watching the explosion as part of... And that was his plan to kill Elias. Yeah. But Elias, Elias was... Exactly, because, well, no, Elias's dad or whoever the original killer was is the one who actually yes, killed his right. sister, but he do, he doesn't know that, no. right? But what Elias was doing was he was coming to kill this guy. It was all a setup to kill that guy because he knows that guy's the mole, right? Yeah. Okay, That's we're on the I, same, okay, we're on the yeah. same page about this. Good. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, because I'm like, Elias would have to be a friggin' moron to go, to actually go to the site of the bombing. And I'm like, no, the only way he would do that is if it was part of his plan to catch. All right, yeah, good. I'm glad we're on this. I'm glad we agree about this because I'm yeah, sure that's, that's what was going on. It's the only it. thing that makes sense. All right, good. All right, we're on the same page. Yay. Uh, so now everything has gone wrong. We realize they've screwed everything up. This is going so much worse. It's going so much worse than they thought. And now we cut back to Elias talking about how why can't anyone just follow directions? Giving this wonderful speech because, and they set it up last time with yeah. watching him, like all of the frustration we've seen on his face. Every time he's had to try and deal with these people who aren't listening to him, who can't follow directions and his frustration was like, why did I start this? And all of the stuff, it, again, it's like they're listening to our podcasts in the past because all of the stuff we talked about what the actor was doing, right? About how it's like, how frustrated he is having to put together this organization with emotional cripples who can't follow orders. He just flat out says, I know like he's basically quoting us from last week. It's amazing. Oh. Uh, so it's but, like, but, but, but 
We didn't have anything to do with that in, no, in this. No, of course not. Because yeah, how could we have? This was, was filmed months ago. This was filmed but... months ago. I'm just, it's so <laughs> great to watch them absolutely yeah. thinking through the psychological reality yeah. of this guy. Yep. Because this guy's thing is, he found a way to not have to do his serial killer urges himself by having people do it further him. But that means he has to rely on the kind of people who would be serial killers who are all emotional, like impulsive, emotional cripples. Yes. It's like, oh my God. And he just starts screaming about this and how it's like, and he's like, don't kill people, you know, don't, it's like, and he's specifically talking about, it's like, don't kill people, you know, and then this idiot kills an ex lover and he's taught, well, he doesn't kill her, but he talks he about managers, but he tried to, yes. it's like, and he's like, these people are killing out of their own houses, killing their ex lover. Like, I gave them rules and why won't they following them? And then we find out he's not just monologuing. He's talking to a guy who's chained up. Yeah. He's like, I can't kill my neighbor even though I want to. So I got to kill somebody who looks like him. And then the guy's like, please don't hurt me. Like, I don't even know. He's like, and he, he's like, are you not listening to what I'm saying? I don't really want to kill you. I it's, want to kill my neighbor. I want to kill my neighbor, but I have to because I don't want to get caught. And, and then that's how why I'm going to have a dog eat you because he's not going to leave any evidence behind because he's so hungry. And then he turns on the music and lets the dog eat him. And I'm like, you just left this show to like an entirely other tier with that last scene. Oh, God. And no, it's on a whole other tier now. Oh, that it was, just is. That Having was... it's it's beautiful. It is a beautiful scene because they have a killer who is fully self-aware in I'm... the most interesting way since yeah. the character Frank. Yes, that since is the Frank, level right. since Frank. This is the first time they have tried to grapple with writing a fully aware serial killer. And mm -hmm. here's the thing. Remember how much they botched Frank in his second appearance? Cause they didn't know how to write a fully aware serial killer. Yeah. So it's like, they took this fully aware serial killer and they're like, and we gave him a bunch of obvious flaws in the easiest way to catch ever. Yeah. And how, and that's why the second Frank episode is such a letdown after how perfect the first one is. And I don't know if they're going to botch it later, right? Maybe they are. Who the hell knows, right? Well, here's, I mean, it is, it is a big problem here. We'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. Yeah. Because the problem is, well, no, but it's like, this is the it's best written serial killer they have had since Frank, period, full stop. Okay. So you were feeling that too. Oh, no, I, I know. I think they're doing a good job here. This guy is aware. I mean, and the problem is, and he's covered his tracks by having a wife yep. and children. Mm -hmm. I, there's there's a whole bunch of things. He, oh, well, it's the Peter principle. Yeah. He, and instead of staying, keeping it simple. Yep. And doing it just himself or finding one acolyte. No, no. he decides to use the internet. He's yeah. overreached. Yep, he's overreached now, himself. And you're and right, now, it's exactly the uh, Peter principle. He thought he was yeah. smarter than he actually was, and now he's trapped and the walls are closing in, and this is going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, and he didn't think about the consequences. Nope. He didn't think this thing through, is nope. what happened. 
Oh yeah. my god. Like, it's... I am more, like, remember how we talked about how excited we were after the first two episodes? Yes. This wasn't a good episode of Criminal Minds. No. Well, it but, No, the most of it was not a good episode. We got a couple of good character scenes, but there's a bunch of dumb stuff. The characters say a lot of stupid things. Like, there's there's a legit looping thing and a con- and a goof that's kind of a continuity error. It's not a good episode. But this ending is so good... And the yes. stuff they're doing with this killer is so good that I'm more excited for the rest of the season now than I yeah. was after the two really good episodes. Well, yeah, be- and that's that's my line always. Yeah. Leave them wanting more. And if oh. you do that at the end of the episode, because remember, I spent the last three <laughs> years of Criminal Minds not wanting to watch the next episode. I remember. So I am looking forward to this. I wouldn't call it, I don't like you using the term beautiful for this. Okay, it's too gruesome to call beautiful. But, you know, Hannibal is like my third or fourth favorite TV show. Hannibal is a whole other... It's a whole other ball of wax. And this is... Yeah, I mean... Hannibal is a Greek tragedy. Hannibal is like theater of the grand wignol. You know? Hannibal is another thing. It's it's a whole... It is... It is an opera without music. Yes. With all of the visuals and everything. All of the visuals of an opera and none of the music. Yes. You know, no, and you're absolutely right. And I'm not going to call it beautiful, but I'm going to say that... No, it it is really, it's great. The degree to which they have thought through... This yes. the psychology of this specific killer and how he will behave and react to stimuli, stimuli, yeah. stimuli. It's it's incredible. Yeah. Like they have fully thought this guy out. Yep. And yeah, and the thing is, they they seem to have fully thought out the other killers too. It's just like yep. seeing these fully thought out psychologies of these killers and how like. They're not treating them, uh, and the thing is, and how these are deeply flawed, self-destructive people who are, you know, driving 90 miles an hour towards a brick wall and just pushing the gas harder. Yeah. Right? And, but the thing is, the show used to treat it like these guys are really hard to catch, and, you know, it's like, and they're masterminds and blah, 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 and all you were seeing were these idiots who were driving straight at a wall. Right? (laughs) But now... The show is acknowledging that they are idiots driving straight at a wall, but they're saying the problem is not that they are Hannibal Lecter masterminds, right? That are impossible to catch. The problem is that while they're driving 90 miles an hour straight at the wall, they're hitting a lot of people along the way. And our job is triage. And the show has finally figured that out. And what I love is they're Hannibal Lecter mastermind. His, he actually is really smart and he actually does have a good plan. But the problem is his plan requires him to deal with the emotional cripple, the same emotional cripples that the team has to deal with. Yeah. Like, it's it's such an interesting premise. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, I don't disagree with you. I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to handle this. And yeah. I'm hoping. Yeah, but it's like, like, I had no idea the premise would be this audacious. Yeah. And I just oh, wish, I like, they, um, I just wish the show, I wish the show was as smart with the psychology of the characters doing the job as it is 
with the characters, uh, as it is with the characters, like, who are the killers. Because it's not as smart with the characters doing the job. It's strange. The killer is more self-aware about his job than the main characters are. Yeah, well, you know, and I mean, we could talk about Prentice. I don't care. They've got the character stuff going. The job thing is... Yeah, the job thing is another conversation. Well, no, but how... When you talk about... We didn't even talk about the dumbest thing in this episode. Which is Prentice is now going to take over... He's going to go back running the team? Because what's-his-face is going to fire David. Because David is going to be fired for uh, allowing them to take down a serial killer who they thought was a, a terrorist in public without alarming anyone. Yes. And he get, and the the bad guy still gets to take all the credit. Like that is the most ludicrous nonsense in a show that has a bunch of ludicrous stuff in it. That's by far the dumbest thing that happened this week and we didn't even talk about it cuz no. it's so idiotic. Yes, well, and and what's really funny is is uh uh Joe Mantegna was the director for this episode. Oh, really? Yep, I checked after I watched it because yeah. <laughs> I was so happy that they had the same director and for the first two episodes. But this time it's Joe Montaigne. So Joe Montaigne is doing this. All and, right. A little disappointing, but it's like, yeah, we didn't even talk about, I think we were so excited about the stuff this episode does right. And it's like, we left out the dumbest thing that happened. And it is the dumbest thing that happened. Like, it's just, yeah. it's idiotic. And it's this... They're they're pointing at doing the stupidest thing the show could possibly do, which is trying to return the show to its season one to fifteen status quo. And I'm like, no, yeah, but you've been better than the status quo was. Keep this is going. Great. Like we didn't need Emily out in the field. Emily dealing with the politics of trying to keep the team running in a hostile environment was interesting stuff. Yeah, so I yeah we're we're hoping, you see, and you were so worried last week that you wouldn't have anything to complain about getting this good. <laughs> I actually wrote that when I put up the po- 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 podcast, post podcast. Yeah, right? that's what I when I put up. I the was. Podcast, I really was. <laughs> Dan is worried. Well, yeah, no, don't worry. Well, no, I mean the thing is, I hate to quote Frazier, uh, which is the but the I think. If you ask me what I remember most about uh, Frasier, it's literally a single line. Well, no, it's a single interchange between him and Niles, which is that uh, that they had the best possible evening anyone can have, which is a, you know, a perfect, uh, a perfect, you know, show and dinner and everything with a single thing that they can complain about for the rest of the week. Yeah. Like, that is the most true thing about those characters that's ever said, is, like, they want to have the perfect evening, but they want to have something to bitch about and feel superior about for the rest of the week. And I'm like, and that's what we got out of this episode of Criminal Minds. And that's what I want. I want... I want them to do this amazing character and conceptual work and then be so inept with the process writing that we still get to bitch about it for half an hour. But, but as I said, I mean, so many things are so much better in these episodes. No, it's, it it really is. You know, and you can't, I mean, there are things, I suppose there are things you could, you know. There are things we just complained about. 
Well, and you have to. Yeah, right. have to, we have to, we have to, because that's what we do. It's what we do. And like, we're not going to pretend the show is better than it is, but we're not going to pretend the show it's worse than it is. And I'll say it again. This is literally the best ending an episode of Criminal Minds has ever had. Yeah. I mean, this, this ending is just such an incredible scene. Such a good scene. You know, in terms of watching, when you're watching these serial killer things. Yeah. You know, you need to have something like this. Mm-hmm. Just need to. What a payoff. And, and you need a payoff. And this was a payoff because you know that he wants desperately to, to kill this guy. Well, no, and, but that's no, the thing. The genius is. And that is what I was starting to say at the beginning of the episode of our yeah. podcast, which is that is the through line. They get you emotionally on the same yes. page of wanting this horrible man dead. And then you get to the end of the episode and realize how horrific the thing you wanted is when yes. he brings what the he's dog. Done yeah. To and what he's doing. Yeah. Because he can't kill his neighbor. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, the, the mindset of hating that neighbor, look what it led to. Yes. That is the trick the episode plays on you. And yeah, that's no, why it, I it say. And that is why I say the way this episode expertly manipulated the audience's emotions. Yes. That is what, that is what moves this episode up to another level. Yep. No, I, the end was everything I could have wanted in an episode. It's weird, but it's like, we talk about a mediocre episode that managed to be so good at manipulating our emotions that we're talking about the ending. Like it's the best thing we've ever seen on Criminal Minds. That's well, crazy. it is. It is. But it's like... I mean, come on. I mean, the thing Honest. is, this this show, <laughs> and that's why we're... And by the way, in case you're wondering why we're being so pissy about Prentice coming back, everything about this show is like, the question is, is it a new thing that is building on what Criminal Minds laid down to create something new and innovative? Or is it just more Criminal Minds? And spoiler alert, every time we see something that is new and interesting, we're going to be complimenting it. And every time we see something that looks like it's just going to go back to being old criminal minds, we're going to be criticizing it. And okay, and we missed one criticism. Oh, what's that? I'm all sitting around the table being profilers. I know! I did it. And I'm going, but... Well, why did you do that? You don't I mean, need that scene. Watching it's it, not I'm helping like, anything. Why did you do that? Well, no, but because and that's well, I'll tell you why, because that's the scene where they had to backfill in the idea that yeah, oh, oh, by the way, um, he also got the paralytic from this guy, even though that obviously didn't happen last week. Obviously, he had used his own paralytics. Well, no, they don't obviously. They, it's not even obviously. They say he used his own paralytics. Like, it's not like it was hinted very strongly. They full-on say he used his own parallels. Oh, my God. But anyway, you know, the point is... But, you know, and so, a, but if they put Prentice back in charge of the team... That's a bad sign. I That's a bad sign for the rest of it. Now, that's not saying that they can't still be great. Of course it can still be great. Because she's okay? supposed to do both jobs. Well, she can't. Of course she can't do both jobs. I mean, that, like, and that, that's the one thing... That the deputy director said was that is correct. completely You're not right. Be able to do that, yeah. And the thing that gets so what, me is she's like, quit her, quit her, quit her job and, running the you know regional directorship to get back in the field. They don't need please, that. No, don't do that because we were so impressed what they were doing with her. 
Well, the last, last two episodes, we kept talking about how it was, was so, so nice to see that. Well, no, but to see that everybody's growing up. Yeah. And so it's like any step away from these characters growing up, we're going to be ticked about. All right. Yeah, but the point yeah, is, yeah. it's it's this episode is both frustrating and unbelievably exciting in equal measure. Yes. So and we're going to just have to wait and see where it goes. Right. That's all we can do. Honestly, um, I was wondering why uh, they were doing this thing where they're like, we're going to give you a half season ender in December. And we're going to do five episodes. Then we're going to take a couple of weeks off. And I'm like, it's Criminal Minds. Why are they doing this half-season ender nonsense? And I'm like, well, if they're this good at cliffhangers, I know why they're doing a half-season ender. Because they want to manipulate the hell out of us. So, bravo, Criminal Minds. You got us. Yeah. All right. So, I guess that's that. Unless there's some final thing you want to mention. No. No, I think we've covered it all. All right. So, that's that. Covered all my notes. (laughs) I mean, even my, uh uh-oh. No, right? Like I've got here. Uh oh, as I'm as I'm watching it, I'm just little words, right? Yeah. Uh, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling related fiction you'd like us to check out, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you were listening to this on some sort of an app or podcatcher, please rate and review it. That's how people find out about the show. Um, was this episode of our podcast almost twice as long as the episode? Yes, but for good reason. Yeah. Well, we did have to do the shtick at the beginning. We so. did. We did talk too long about that at the beginning. Uh, so we will talk to you. We will see you back here on Thursday for more Wire in the Blood and uh, next Friday uh, for the new episode of Criminal Minds. Yep. See you back here for that. But until then, I'm going to say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good day, weekend. It's weekend. It's Friday. Yes, it's Friday. Weekend. Have a good weekend. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.